0: So if you think of your morning, you know, picture dominoes, right? We've all seen those you know, amazing domino setups that they do and they they hit over one domino and the next thing you know, you're watching for like 20 minutes of, you know, it goes into like this and, and it lets down another set of dominoes are here and it's amazing. And it all starts with that first domino, right? And so our morning routine is that first domino of the day. And so if you get up and the first domino you hit is the snooze button, that's a negative domino, which then, you know, you, you wake up and go, oh man, I hit the snooze button again. Now I'm a little bit late and geez, I can't even get up on time. Like that's a negative domino and so if your morning routine is full of negative dominoes which you know includes you know too much caffeine and then some sugar for breakfast and getting into traffic and being late man that can really set you off on the wrong foot and it takes a real professional to get back on track from that
1: now that's our guest craig ballantyne craig ballantyne is a productivity and success transformation coach co-owner of the new early to rise and the author of the perfect day Formula. How to Own the Day and Control Your Life, a book that goes beyond the morning routine to offer an ideal way for high performers to stay focused on what they called to do.
0: Why not set yourself up by hitting the positive domino on the other side, right? You know, you hit that domino of getting up on time or a little bit early, then you go right into something. You know, I teach people to eat that frog first thing in the morning. And that's a a quote from Mark Twain that we can talk about in a second. And then you just got stacking victory upon victory upon victory in the day. Because if you do that, you know, if you hit the negative domino, you get into a vicious cycle. Oh man, I got up late, hit the snooze button, now I'm, now I'm frustrated. I'm gonna go and have, you know, Dunkin's and you know, big Dunkin's and you know, 20 munchkins and that's another negative. And now you're in this vicious cycle of bad behavior. But if we get up and hit the good domino, we get in a cycle of virtuous behavior, a virtuous cycle. We don't wanna ruin the streak of doing the good things and we're stacking win upon win. And every time we do something that we promised ourselves the day before that we would do, we build confidence. And so if people are, are out there saying oh i'm not good at something the way that you get better at something is by building your confidence through competent activities
2: i'm bob bianchi at the bianchi law group llc we are a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge our clients with crimes our entire legal team is made up of former prosecutor and my partner dave bruno serve with me in the major crime and fraud
1: units and i'm david bruno in each of the episodes of this podcast bob and i will interview guests who have faced adversity in their personal and professional lives and find out what mindset they employed to triumph. Now, we seek the truth through real-life encounters and candid conversations with thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here, you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries faced immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. All being brought to you on Nothing But The Truth Podcast. Craig Ballantyne is the author of The Perfect Day Formula and Wall Street Journal bestseller Unstoppable. We began our conversation with the journey that led Craig to The Perfect Day Formula and the routines Craig created, which has been so helpful to entrepreneurs, high performers, and everyday people, remove anxiety and success blockers. In turn, building The Perfect Day and living their best lives.
0: Hey, happy to help and happy to be here. This can be a lot of fun. So let's just start
1: off because we talk about pivots all the time, and I think that there was an aha moment in your life too, uh, being overworked and leading you to where you are today. Let's tell our audience about that transition.
0: Yeah, believe it or not, I was an overworked personal trainer, which is a, you know a long way from a lawyer. But I was I was training lawyers, and one morning I actually when I was in the gym. I was suffering my second severe anxiety attack from overwork, from binge drinking on the weekends. And I had a client at the time named Richard. And Richard was a five foot three, 310 pound overweight lawyer. He's about 55 years old. And I had to turn to Richard and I said, please take me to the emergency room. Now, when I said that to him, he looked at me like I had three heads because I was having an anxiety attack. I looked totally normal. And if anybody listening to this has ever had an anxiety attack, panic attack, whatever it is, you know, I I don't ever want anybody to have one, and I want everyone to understand they can get out of them. And I want people who are listening to this who have had one to understand that I can help you through one. uh, Because what I did, guys, is I went to the emergency room that day. Uh, My my friend Richard, lawyer, gave me a ride. Uh, So lawyers are pretty good people, Uh, you know. What no matter what people say about or joke about (laughs) them, lawyers are really darn good people. He got me to the emergency room, and then I had that huge pivot. And there were, there were quite a few things that I did. There was a couple of big rock changes that I made in my life. And you know I'd love to share with them with people because I know that everybody listening to this, whether it's you or whether it's a family member that struggles with anxiety and stress, we can get through this.
2: Uh, Craig, let me pick up on that because you know we're freewheeling here. We don't have scripts. We just we're raw and real. Um, I always tell the story as a trial lawyer. I, I had tremendous success in my career as a trial attorney, but what people didn't see behind the facade, and I was always very open about this, was I always wanted to be a trial lawyer. My dad was one. There was a lot of pressure about that, but I grew up from being six, seven years old, reading transcripts. My first jury trial. All of a sudden, this thing started hitting me and I was in this unusual space. I didn't know what was happening. It felt like an out-of-body experience. The jury was picked. I was so panicked that I literally was in a bathroom in the jury room before the opening statements with a rosary bead saying, I can't do this, I can't do it, I can't do it, and I was having a major league panic attack. The sheriff's officer knocked on the door, said, Mr. Bianchi, time to come out. I, to this day, don't know how I did it, but I my heart was pounding it wasn't just excitement it was a bad icky feeling it was it, my heart was pounding so loud I literally couldn't hear the words that were coming out of my mouth and then I got brought in and Craig I want you to talk about this because I think it's really interesting I want to go on this panic piece I got done and I the judge called me into chambers and said mr. Bianchi that was literally the best opening statement I've ever heard in my career as a judge how many trials have you had and I thought at first she must have been joking, and and I said, Your Honor, I, I really don't remember a thing I said. So I, I then, you know, it, was, it, 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 it wasn't Google, there wasn't a Craig Ballantyne to go to, there wasn't, you, you felt kind of like in an isolated, you felt like you were the only one, and everyone else, and I was winning case after case, but I still every time I was trying them, I was wrestling it to a point, Craig. I almost left the profession because I said, this just is not right for me, yet I knew I had the skill set, but my own mindset or whatever that panic was. So today, even though I'm I'm nervous when I'm getting ready to start, I kind of objectified. I'm like, there you are, my old friend. I know who you are, and I've defeated you many times before. You're not going to control me. I'm going to control the situation. I can't anticipate everything that's going to happen, but it's going to be okay. At least that's how Bob
0: Bianchi deals with that. Does any of that resonate with you, Craig? 100%. And so I just want people to understand that um, when I had my anxiety attack, I was 29 years old. I was a personal trainer. I had six pack abs. I was in the best shape of my life. I had everything going for me in life. But I, I believe that I had the anxiety attack because I kept everything inside. Um, I was an introverted person. I didn't talk. I didn't journal. I didn't do any meditation. So I, I, say in my book that you know my anxiety engine was revving. My mind was racing, and my wheels were always spinning. And I bet that resonates with a lot of people out there. And when I had my second anxiety attack, because I had a, I had one on, on January first, two thousand six, after I you know had a binge drinking New Year's Eve, and I was exhausted, and I was exhausted from the past two weeks of, of personal training early in the morning and going out at night. So I had that exhaustion, sent me to the emergency room, thought I was having a heart attack. The second time it happened to me, Bob, was uh, a few months later, and it started again after a, 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 bender, a bender weekend. And then I had a, a, uh, I felt like I was having a heart attack, tingling from the top of my head to the end of my fingertips, elevated heart rate. Tight chest. I couldn't breathe very well, but it lasted for six weeks straight, twenty-four hours a day. I could only sleep from about eleven p.m. to three a.m., and then the anxiety woke me up. And this was two thousand and six, so you know there was Google, there was stuff out there. I had some friends who had gone through similar stuff, but I I ended up turning over every rock. And I remember my lowest point. Um, I, I was never suicidal, but I remember thinking I would do anything to get rid of this. And at one point, Bob, I, I said to myself, I give up. I give up. I'm going to let this like kill me and go as far as it can. And I said, Come on, anxiety, bring it on. <laughs> I was sitting there in my tiny little apartment in Toronto where I where I had this. And I said, Bring it on. And it was funny because by saying that in my mind, and, and I was like almost like clenching my fists and trying to make my anxiety worse, that I actually then had a real problem. And the anxiety went away from having a real problem. So I realized a lot of this stuff was self-afflicted because, again, keeping everything inside, not talking my problems out, not you know admitting my weaknesses to anybody, being you know, you know putting the facade of being strong on, as, as you mentioned. So then I learned how to do some journaling. I learned how to get a little bit of talk therapy. I learned. I actually, I, I get a lot of value out of doing these presentations, discussions, podcasts, et cetera, because it's you know, it's another version of talk therapy for me. And and now, and to, to anybody that's listening and suffering from anxiety, understand I know how you feel and I, I know how paralyzing it is. But now I actually look back and I kind of joke around when I tell these stories because I have such I have so many tools in a toolbox of dealing with anxiety that it doesn't matter how stressful or how much caffeine I might have or you know all the things that are running through my life. I'll, I don't believe I could ever suffer that again because I understand what it is and I understand how to use. Like, you know, there's a screwdriver in my anxiety toolbox. I know if I've got a you know screw loose, then I can fix it. Or if I've got you know something else loose, I got a I got a wrench. I got all these tools to overcome it. And I just want people to understand that there are a lot of tools to overcome it. And. You know everything from reducing your caffeine intake to improving your sleep; those simple things, and then again, just getting the thoughts out of your head. Because if you live up in your head, like I do as an introverted type of person, um, it can kind of paralyze you a bit and put you in that anxious mindset. And and one last thing I'll say is that anxiety is fear of the future, generally. So you had fear of the future, you know, in that bathroom stall uh, because you were you you believe that there was something that was so bad that was going to happen to you, but it was so imaginary. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people suffer that anxiety. And it unfortunately is very common among our youngsters today too, because of the prevalence, probably the prevalence of social media and that's comparison syndrome and all that sort of stuff. So I just want to, again, everybody, including the parents of kids with anxiety, understand that there is a way out.
2: Yeah, Craig, I, 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 so much resonates, and I'll get thor Dave, uh, probably on the other side of the break, but
0: yeah.
2: I like to address this because I think it's such a huge issue. And then once, it wasn't an isolated incident for me, once it happened, did you experience this? You start like, all of a sudden, every day, I'm like, is this gonna happen again? Am I gonna feel that way again? And you start thinking and thinking. And like you said, and I, I lecture around the country on this all the time, to live a joyful life, you gotta live in the present moment and realize a thought is just that. It's not real, it's self-created by you. And 99% of the things, when you look back on your life that you worried about, and you, you look back and you say, oh, the,
0: none of that even occurred. I created my own self misery. We got about a minute. What do you think about that, Craig? Uh, absolutely. And so, so I. Say- action beats anxiety because what i realized and this is this is just for stress as well because if you're sitting there and you're like worried about you know your credit card debt or you're worried about your relationship with somebody or you're worried about your health you can sit there on the couch and you can just think about it and the problem only gets worse in your mind the only way to solve that problem and to re- uh, you know alleviate the anxiety is to go and do something so action beats anxiety and work beats worry
2: Wow. Wow. Amazing. Craig, I, you know, I'm I'm so glad that they brought you to the table here. Uh, I mean, not only your amazing success, we'll talk a little bit about more about that on the other end of the break. But I think that the uh, public service message that you just gave out there, I I try to do the best I can. People say, oh, come on, not you. What you may see may not be what's going on internally um, in the dialogue. But I'll I'll say one thing. uh, I think you would agree with this. I'm proud of the fact that despite there's there's no courage in the absence of fear. That's, that's a line I like to say, Is no courage in the absence of fear, and if I had derailed my career and not done the things that I did, even though I was fearful of them, I would have hated myself uh, afterwards. So I look back on it, and it was a great lesson to me, and like you, I try to pass that forward. And Craig talked to us about some really important stuff, uh, Dave, about what, what was the beginning of, of an evolution from all bad things. Good things can come from them if you focus on, not the negativity, but let me understand it, let me control it, or work it. The things I can control, not worry about the things I can't control, um, and then he then catapulted that into. I know you're a big fan
1: of his amazing success. So, Dave, take it away. Yeah, two quotes that jump out at me from the first segment of this is: "Anxiety is fear of the future, and action beats anxiety." Right, and that's what that's what you have taught me. That's what I I am living day to day right now. Is that look? A lot of people can relate to your story. A lot of people can relate to feeling overwhelmed and having that fear and anxiety. But tell us about the tools and let's start off with that morning routine. Why is it so important? And how do we manage these overwhelming tasks that we have to do?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And so if you think of your morning, you know, picture dominoes, right? We've all seen those you know, amazing domino setups that they do. And they, they hit over one domino and the next thing you know, you're watching for like 20 minutes of, you know, it goes into like this and, and it lets down another set of dominoes are here. And it's amazing. And it all starts with that first domino, right? And so our morning routine is that first domino of the day. And so if you get up and the first domino you hit is the snooze button, that's a negative domino, which then, you know, you, you wake up and you go, oh man, I hit the snooze button again. Now I'm a little bit late and geez, I can't even get up on time. Like that's a negative domino. And so if your morning routine is full of negative dominoes, which you know in- includes you know too much caffeine and then some sugar for breakfast and getting into traffic and being late man, that can really set you off on the wrong foot. And it takes a real professional to get back on track from that. Now, of course, we need to be professionals and be able to get back on track, but why not set yourself up by hitting the positive domino on the other side, right? You know, you hit that domino of getting up on time or a little bit early, then you go right into something. You know, I teach people to eat that frog first thing in the morning, and that's a a quote from Mark Twain that we can talk about in a second. And then you've just got stacking victory upon victory upon victory, in the day, because if you do that, you know if you hit the negative domino, you get into a vicious cycle. Oh man, I got up late, hit the snooze button. Now I'm now I'm frustrated. I'm going to go and have you know Dunkins and you know Big Dunkins and you know twenty Munchkins, and that's another negative. And now you're in this vicious cycle of bad behavior. But if we get up and hit the good domino, we get in a cycle of virtuous behavior, a virtuous cycle. We don't want. to to ruin the streak of doing the good things. And we're stacking win upon win. And every time we do something that we promised ourselves the day before that we would do, we build confidence. And so if people are, are out there saying, oh, I'm not good at something, the way that you get better at something is by building your confidence through competent activities. So go and do something, get a victory. Now you built your confidence. You believe you can come back for more. So there's so much power in the morning routine, but I will say one last thing that the morning routine actually starts the night before. So if you struggle with, you know, what to do in the morning and you or you're doing your to-do list in the morning, you're already too late because what you need to have done was a little bit of planning and preparation the day before so that you know how that morning is going to look. Because everything that you appreciate in life has been scripted. Whether you're a football fan or some other type of sports fan, every play is scripted. Those teams practice those scripted plays over and over and over again. If you're a Broadway fan, do you think any of those plays are just people going up there and winging it? No, no, absolutely not. They're absolutely scripted out and our days need to be scripted out for maximum success as well.
1: Yeah, action beats anxiety. Let's talk a little bit more about the frog eating the frog. <laughs> I mean, look, my my six year old and I, we started drawing frogs, craig literally, and putting them on the to do list because it's so important. But but the frogs important? Why? Because it's so, you're, if it's an early morning task, you're beating everybody up. You're not distracted with emails. You're not distracted with social media. And you're getting what done, Craig, in the morning as your frog?
0: You're going you're to GSD on your MIT ASAP. Now, before I get to the frog and what that means to GSD on your MIT ASAP, let me just tell you something. We'll go back in time to the anxiety attacks, you know, geez, 15 plus years ago. And I was waking up late and then I was checking my phone. And those two activities of getting up late and checking my phone, and I'm the type of person who wants to do a million and one things in the morning. I'm a morning person. Man, that just put me in a state of anxiety and panic. So what I did was I I joined the five-minute club. You know, A lot of people have heard of the 5 a.m. club and you think, oh man, I got to get up a crazy hour to achieve anything in life. That's not true. I got up five minutes earlier and I took five minutes longer to check my email. And I did that for a week. I didn't you know, try and get up two hours earlier and be tired and exhausted all day long. I just wanted to win. I wanted to get a quick victory, that competence, that confidence. So I got up five minutes earlier and I didn't uh, check my email for five minutes. I worked on something important. Then the week after that, I had another five minutes each side and so on and so forth until I eventually had a really great morning routine of just focusing without the social media. Now, here's what that means to the uh, eating that frog sort of thing. There's a quote from Mark Twain that goes like this. If your job is to eat a frog, best thing to do is eat that frog first thing in the morning. And if your job is to eat two frogs, the best thing to do is eat the biggest frog first. Now, Mr. Twain, what he was you know, comedically referring to was... If you have to do something really important, you really need to get up and attack that first thing in the morning. And science over the years has actually proven this. So there's a guy named Daniel Pink, and he wrote a book called When, like the scientifically perfect time for when to do everything. And he says, in the morning, we have the greatest discipline, willpower, and intention. Greatest discipline, willpower, intention early in the morning. And you know, I'm not saying it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm saying it's whatever is early in the morning for you. You wake up with those three things. And so if you're waking up in the morning and you're doing your to-do list and figuring out what to do. In the day, and you're using the greatest mental capacity of your day to just to figure out what to do. Well, you're already too late. So that's why we make that to-do list the day before. And on that to-do list, we build a priority to-do list. So you're going to get up and get stuff done, GSD, on your MIT, your most important task, as soon as possible. And when you do that, the impossible becomes possible. Whether you want to write a book, whether you want to work on a you know a script for your opening for the trial, whether you want to make a sales presentation, whether you want to, you know, do Bible study, whether you want to work on your um, you know, your credit card debt and get out of credit card debt. Like I always say, I always use that example because everybody can understand that one, whether, you know, it's a very successful lawyer or whether it's a beginner in their career, it's like if you got up first thing in the morning and you did have five thousand dollars or so of credit card debt. If you got up and you made time to work on that first thing in the morning and thought about all the creative ways you could you know, pay down that debt and get out of it faster, would you not get out of debt faster doing it that way than sitting around going, I'm going to try and find time to do that later on tonight You know, when I get home from work and I'm tired and Netflix is calling my name? Of course, <laughs> when you dedicate time to something in the morning, you are going to have the greatest Progress on it, and so that's everything about getting up and attacking the day that I can tell you has worked for me and the last thing i'll say is again you don't need, you don't need three hours on something you can make progress in as little as fifteen minutes ten minutes a day on your number one thing first thing in the morning, and you chip away at it over time, and you know you can write a book in twelve weeks writing fifteen minutes a day
2: yeah. Is pointing at me right now when you're saying that. (laughs) Everybody tells me, you should write a book. Bob's been writing a book Uh, since 2000, I don't know, 10? No, since
0: 1999, I've been writing a book. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, he's right. He's right. You should write that book and you should write it in 15 minutes a day in the morning because if you can type at all uh, decently, you'll be able to get 300 to 500 words done. You do that six days per week. You get 1,800 to 3,000 words. In 10 weeks, you get 30,000 words. All of my books, I've written three of them, are about 40 to 50,000 words. So you're looking at before Labor Day, finishing your book. There you go, Bob. All right, Craig. That's a you challenge. Know, I'm going to get up and eat a big frog. I was <laughs> like, why did we bring this guy on again? Yeah, well,
2: well, well Craig, actually, I want to, you know, we only have a limit. I wish we could have you on for a lot longer Um, and really appreciate this. But I think in using my story as an example, and I'm interested in your, I think a lot of people, myself included with the book, like it's about prioritization of what's important. And I think that I sometimes am doing things and I'm like, why am I investing all this time in this? It's not really that important. In my life, and I'm not doing things that I should be doing. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I have a phrase that uh, a lot of people like, and it goes like this Your values and vision must drive every decision. And so, my example of this is I want to feel and look like I'm 17 for the rest of my life. And, you know, obviously, I don't look like I'm 17, but I want to be able to move. I want to be able to pick up my, my children. I want to be able to play with my children. I don't want to be you know, saying, "Oh, my knees, my back, um, don't have any energy," and so that is one of my most important values in life—to have the energy to play with my children. Therefore, that value and that vision of being able to play with my children with energy drives every diet decision that I make. It drives. My fact that I, every single day, I, I, I mean, I do things like I walk backwards to protect my knees. I do stretching. I do, I do all of these things because that is so important to me and is non-negotiable. I do not skip those workouts and I do not overeat. I have some treats now and then, but I don't overeat. And so when you have that understanding first of what matters, then you can choose the activities that move you ahead on that. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I'm sure everybody's familiar with uh, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, if you've ever seen his movie or seen him speak, he talks about the straight line to success on a sales call. And I, I think about the straight line to success in my life, that mm-hmm. if I know where you know, my values and vision are my North Star, I want to go in that direction. It's truly a straight line to what I want. I want to be married with kids. I want to I have a great relationship and I want to have a business that builds wealth for my family. That's what I want. That is my straight line to success. And so when my buddies come along and say, Hey, you know, it's uh, Jimmy's brother's bachelor party in Vegas. And I go, Well, that's not on my straight line to success. I know what can happen to Vegas, even to good people. And I've watched The Hangover. So I know what can happen <laughs> when you make the mistakes. So that I got to say no to that because that is a detour on my straight line to success. And I don't even have to think about it. So I can make better decisions with my time when. My values and vision are driving every decision. And the last thing I will say on that, you know, going back to the book example is if the book is not part of your values and vision, then you must have the strength to just to kill projects, right? You must say, hey, listen, that'd be great, but here's here's my here are my values and vision. You know, the trial law business, this show, my family, my health, my faith, or whatever. I've already got. Everything here, and I don't have. I'm not adding more stuff because Bruce Lee has a great quote, or had a great quote. um, It's not about the daily increase, but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. And so sometimes, you know, a lot of people have these things in their mind. They're like, "Yeah, I really should do that." You you either do it or you kill it. And when you know, there's a lot of freedom in killing things and just saying, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to even entertain that thought this year." I'll revisit it January 1st, or I'll revisit it in three years, I'll revisit it in five years, because it doesn't matter to me right now, as interesting as it sounds, I've got other important priorities. So getting things straight allows you to make the right decisions with your time. And boy, oh boy, do we ever have to be ruthless with our time? Every single day, our time becomes more valuable because we are not getting any younger. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for us, Craig,
2: our time is up, but I, I have two requests. I would love to meet you in person. I do not say this to every guest and I hope we can have you back on the show, Craig. Uh, yeah. Thanks brother.
0: Uh, tell us, how do we find you? How does the audience find you? All right. So I'm very, uh, uh, we do stuff on LinkedIn, Craig Valentine. I'm on Instagram at real Craig Valentine. That's the place I, I personally hang out the most. Um, and then I have my books, I, I give away my books. I wrote my books to be read. So you can get the ebook or the audiobook version at craigballantine.com forward slash free books. You don't have to put in your email, nothing. You can download them for free, give them to all of your friends, anybody that suffers from anxiety that wants to be more productive. And if someone was wondering which book to start with first, it's Perfect Week Formula. Get Perfect Week Formula from craigballantine.com forward slash free books. It's my life, life's work in that book, and I know it'll make a big difference for you. Uh, I'm
2: definitely getting it. Uh, well, you're listening to WMTR Radio's The Truth with uh, Craig Ballantyne, and we are out of time. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him back.
1: We are at Saturdays at 1030, and Dave, let them know when this podcast drops. It, it drops on Wednesdays. So you guys are hearing the radio shows on Saturdays. We're dropping the podcast on Wednesdays with the videos. Um, And you can see it all at nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com. Follow my man, Craig. We're all over the place as well. Craig, one final time, thank you. And thank you for the impact you've made on my life, my friend. Happy to help. Thanks, Craig, man. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, guys. I want to give a huge shout out to Craig for his time and introducing us to the Perfect Day Formula system that unleashes the momentum for a perfect day and productive life. What really held my attention was the structure delivered by Craig's system and how he put me in the right mindset when he said, quote, make the to-do list a day before and on the to-do list, build a priority to-do list so you're going to get up and get stuff done, GTS, on your MIP, most important path, as soon as possible. If you do that, the impossible becomes possible. You've been listening to Nothing But The Truth Podcast with me, David Bruno, and my law partner and host, Bob Bianchi. We're two former prosecutors and media personalities. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and share this podcast to anyone that would benefit from these stories of rising from adversity and thriving for ultimate success. For more information on this interview with Craig Valentine, see the show notes of this episode in your podcast app or visit nothing but the